money comes to you at right angles. You uh, go after your passion and the money will, will come to you at right angles. He, he, he used an, uh, a story of the bee. The honeybee is going to collect uh, honey, but while he's doing that, he's pollinating flowers and plants that are then growing just as an accident or as secondary, let's say. And that's, what, that's the way an artist kind of lives their life. They follow their passion. You'll hear it all the time. And so, by the way, your parents, our parents never told us to go, you know, what our parents told us to do is go make money, go make money, go make money, can you go make more money? They never, very few parents say, go be happy. much for joining us for another episode. We've got a great one in store for you. In case you happen to miss the last episode, here's a quick snippet and then we will get on to the show. Go start a podcast about what you geek out on. And a guy looked at me one day not too long ago and he goes, what do you mean? I said, what's your, what's your outside of being a wealth management mumbo jumbo BS, whatever your title is, um, what do you geek out on? He goes, craft beer. I said, oh, I love that. Tell me about craft beer. And he goes on, man, like this entire diatribe of craft beer. I'm like, man, that is so cool. I can make a couple of introductions. I've had a couple of guys on the show that run some massive craft breweries in Texas, you know, and, you know, we were having a fun conversation. I said, you know, here's an interesting thing. I said, how many CEOs or ideal targets that you'd love to get to do you think are in the craft beer? He goes, oh, a ton. I said, what kind of phone call would it be for you to call up a CEO of a major company and say, hey, I run a podcast that reaches hundreds of thousands of people, whatever your numbers are, and it doesn't even have to be that many numbers, right? I have a podcast that all we do is talk about craft beer. What is the story of Carl Lou? I mean, the biggest thing about me is, um, you know, when I was a young kid, I used to like to leap on the playground. I was a little bit of a playground celebrity. They called me Leaping Loop. It kind of stuck with me. I kind of brought it back out in my life again in the last few years. And uh, what I discovered about 10 years ago is that there's different ways, different perspectives to view my life. I had several breakdowns in my life, including a divorce and custody battles. Then Hurricane Ike hit my house. So it put me in soul searching mode back when I was in my mid 40s. And um, so I kind of started my life uh, in a, on a different path looking for purpose, meaning, and mission, and uh, put together programs around that, helping people uh, perform higher, get more fulfillment. See, significant success is one thing people always focus on, and they can lose out on the fulfillment factor because they give up on certain things in the, in the journey to success. And that was my story, actually, what I gave up on my journey to success. Interesting. There's so much to that. So you would say that for a long period of time, you were in pursuit of success. Yeah. I mean, I've had six businesses. I was, uh, uh, I had the pleasure of being um, congratulated and acknowledged by the founder of Capital One. 
uh, Rich Fairbank. Uh, I've had several, I've lived overseas. I mean, I've done a lot of things. I've, I've cruised the Virgin Islands, uh, sailing a sailboat myself. So I had a lot of things going on, a lot of signs of success. And yet there were some things missing. I, I found out that there were definitely some things missing. Let's talk about that more. That's interesting. So sure. So when you were pursuing success initially and you yeah. were having success, what was in your mind that was driving you to say, this is the road I want to go. And this is what I'm going How, where, where did you find the passion to get up in the morning? And when you looked at, at all the challenges, so what was, what was driving you for? What, tell us, tell us more about that. So the money, the measurement of my, when I was in my twenties and thirties, uh, all my measures of success were around money. Okay. So money was the measure was, was the yardstick for success money and possessions, all those external things that everybody gets to look and say, oh, he's got that, I wish I had that, or look how big that is, or you know, how many things that person has. And that was, that was kind of the measure of almost all my success. So I made choices, you know, you make little choices along your journey, right? Uh, or big choices, moving to Texas was a big choice for me uh, with my family. And, and so you make these choices along your journey and what is, what is behind those choices is usually money related, money motivated, uh, making a step and a change that brings more things into your life. And then I call that kind of the default version. And then what I discovered was, you know, when I went through divorce and uh, custody battles and then hurricane, I hit my house all within about six months. Uh, I discovered that there's gotta be more to life. So that's when I set on the path to purpose, meaning and mission. That's interesting. So when you were, you obviously you had these really significant events that happened that yes. had you pause and reevaluate. Then to move towards that, were there books, mentors? What? So how did you how did you find yourself then really kind of then rebuilding from there and refocusing and what what did you leverage to really find that purpose, meaning, and mission? Thank you. And you know the soul searching that I did was. Uh, first of all, when I, what I found in my divorce was that money became a thing that was uh, like something people would go to war over. I mean, it was just a huge source of conflict. Now, I'm not saying that money has a bad meaning, bad definition, or not judging money. I'm just saying there, for me, there had to be a discovery of something more in my life. And in my soul searching, I went back to some of the things I had left behind, like uh, who I was when I was younger. I was a photographer. I was an artist. Uh, my first degree was uh, in Louisiana U University for photography. I had a fine arts and photography. So, uh, you know, I started adding that back into my life. I became a speaker and I, and I learned to speak, uh, you know, powerfully and speak on things that I had passion about and not just informational speaking, but also like stimulating emotion and stimulating uh, motivation, motivational, transformational kind of speaker. So I, op I, I stopped living my life. Uh, I'll, I'll say it like this. I kind of stopped living my life like an engineer, optimizing everything around what it will bring as a, as a resource or as a, a thing. And I started opening my, li my life up to more connection with people, more interaction, less trying to be right a lot, less trying to look good and be perfect and uh, become vulnerable. That was also part of mine. For three years, I <laughs> talked about being vulnerable with people and uh, you know, getting reconnected with people. 
So looking back in my youth, uh, recalling some of my past passions and bringing them back into my life, talking to others, reading a lot of books and uh, so forth, being vulnerable. So, and now what happened from there? So you started to do that and what did you start to notice? What, what, what was happening as you started to implement those things and you, as you started to change, what did you notice around you? How did that develop? Well, what, what occurred for me was a lot more aliveness, a lot more freedom and a lot more connection with others. You know, I'm able to actually listen to others, have, have way more empathy, uh, really care about others. As I said uh, before, you know, I think started recording, I visited several sick friends yesterday. Um, one, you know, and one who's, we're hoping going to recover from cancer. Uh, so, you know, I have a closer relationship with my mom. Thankfully, she's still alive. She's in her 70s. And my dad is still alive in his 80s. And, you know, I started, I started embracing my humanity. I brought more human being into human doing. I wasn't just stuck in do, 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 you know, uh, like a machine. I became more uh, of my personality, of my passions that I had kind of flattened out to just be the human doing, human earning, everything about money, you know, money is the measure of everything. And again, nothing wrong with money. What I, my purpose and mission now is that people live a life of purpose with peace of mind, where they reliably achieve big goals faster naturally with what they already have. So they can have significant success and wholehearted fulfillment. That's the thing I want to bring together for people, significant success and wholehearted fulfillment. So can that really be done? Well, you have to get out of the default mode. The journey looks like this. And I actually gave us a, a, a speaking presentation last week at a university. The, the journey looks like last week. The journey looks like this. The default mode, money drives everything and your performance goes up when you have, you know, that, that carrot and stick, you know, if I do this, I earn this. Okay. The money is the kind of the motivator of everything. That's your kind of, uh, your kind of beginning level, your default. Then you get personal and professional growth and development. This is what I call the second part of the, th of the three part journey. And the, the middle, the, so this journey is about personal, professional growth and development. So listening skills, communication skills, all these soft skills, soft skills are what drive the hard skills. You know, people that are good with machines, good with programming, those technical skills. But if they're not like bought into their job, and don't have self-esteem, they're performing to lifeless goals, they'll be lifeless about achieving them. So that's the second part is, you know, your personal and professional growth and development, communication skills, these things are very important. They raise performance to another level and you start discovering your, your truer self, you know, not the default self with all, see the default self says, it kicks you when you're down and it doubts you when you're up, okay? The default self is not a friendly inner voice. Then you start having a little more building of self-esteem and self-esteem is like one of the most important soft skills. And you can get some of that with personal and professional growth and development. And then the last sort of uh, tier or column three is the intrinsic internal drivers that make you feel powerful in your life. Those are the things that give you purpose. Those are the things that give you some meaning. Uh, and they, they drive you to the, to the higher performance where the money actually drops off. The money actually drops off and the, and the inner performance, intrinsic uh, reasons for living and things that you care about and give you meaning, 
those actually start to take over after a while on top of the money is uh, uh, the measure of everything. It's so interesting hearing you say that and share that. And when I think of success and when I think of somebody coming into a relationship with somebody else with a way to serve them, with that mentality and that grounding and that emanating from them, it just seems super natural and clear that you're going to produce more, but it almost seems like it takes a sick. A life event. Yes. <laughs> so, and that's the thing. So then, okay, you mentioned it. You have to have the significant event. Something has to happen to like jolt you. And maybe can I, can I jump in on that? Please. Yeah. Maybe, uh, for me, yes. I was on a path of all extrinsic, everything from everything mattered by what you could see and what you could count and touch, you know, the Mercedes, all the things. And again, nothing wrong with money, but it was kind of being fulfilled from a manufactured version of me, not a place where I was, not a place where I was passionate. Um, so, You know, I, it, may, it may not, for me, it's true that it took a life event, and I had several, as you heard me say, three of them, you know, custody battle, divorce, and then Hurricane Ike, like was 12 feet. My house was 12 feet underwater, okay? So there were fish in my swimming pool, okay, in my in-ground swimming pool. So for me, it definitely took a life event. I was over 40. I had that life event. And, uh, but maybe there are people who can learn through others, and that's what I hope when I speak. And, uh, but you're gonna have some soul searching times in your life. And uh, usually it does happen on decade markers like you turn 40, you turn 50, you turn 60, decade markers, okay? They're, they're a place of kind of transition to do soul search, soul search. And then any major life events, you have a car wreck, you have a friend that dies, something like that. Unfortunately, those usually uh, put people in sort of a recreate or reset mode about their life. But it may not be that it has to happen that way. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it has to happen that way. I hope it doesn't have to happen that way. So that when I speak, um, people recognize their calling and they answer their calling, their call to adventure. That's what I call it. Interesting. So how has it been then now structuring your, you know, at this point for business, for speaking and facilitating. Uh, so from there, once you really start to focus on the purpose, meaning, and mission, uh, how did things develop to the point where you're speaking and, and, and all of these things? How did you develop all of that? Well, so I have created three programs. They're all what I call LEAP programs. Uh, they're in three categories. One is leadership, one is sales and marketing, and one is people and culture. It's on my website, carlloop.com. And... Um, and I have four keynotes. So how it developed was I spent about five years looking at other speakers that I admired, reading. Uh, last year I read 18 books, read 18 books, not wrote. <laughs> Somebody heard me say it the other day and they thought I said I wrote 14, uh, 18 books. But I read 18 books. My dad read 50 last year. He's 85. So you know, conversations, uh, interactions with others, and really, you know, honestly, Errol, just being lost. I was a lost soul for about, you know, five to 10 years. I did not have a very powerful um, 
presence or a very powerful being and you know uh, as a human and I was just sort of lost but I stumbled around and I became vulnerable and I looked at my past childhood experiences I looked I talked to a bunch of people and I started to create so I decided to shift my life from living like an engineer I call it when you're I call it when you're living life like constantly optimizing every penny every dollar that's kind of like living by spreadsheet so I kind of look at that like living as an engineer and I started shifting to living my life more like and creating my life more like an artist. So I have written and written hundreds and hundreds of pages. I've created at least 50 programs and, and modified them and, and uh, edited them and made them more powerful, had people look at them. Um, and the clients I've had have all contributed to, uh, you know, refining and sharpening my programs. Interesting. I, I almost feel like there's a lot to talk about there and how to refine a program and how to get it so that it's effective. How uh, to even expose what you're doing to say to somebody else, hey, really give me some solid feedback on this and then to be able to go to refine it over a period of time. Uh, what, what feedback would you give to other people that are thinking at this point they need to create some courses that are working yeah. on it? How can they more effectively do that? Don't go it alone. You know, I, I had six coaches, okay? I've had six coaches in my life, speaker coach, uh, business, a couple of business coaches, and, and so forth. Um, so coaches help. Being just unbelievably curious and in conversation with others helps. See, if you lock yourself in a, in a room and create something, it may relate to you, but it may not relate to the world. So you want to find that. You've got you to have something that intersects three things. Your passion there's a need for it, right? And then there's a, a, a price and a value people are willing to pay for it. That's how you can have success with the program. You're, you got, it's got to be the intersection of that passion, that huge need, and a way that it makes money, no question. Now, the, the, by the way, I want to point out the default version of, pe of people is usually that it, it, not, not all people, but as a default, we all have that inner voice, you know, kicks you when you're down, doubts you when you're up. Uh, yes, no, I should do this or not do this, look good, uh, good, bad, you know, kind of all that far left or far right stuff is called systemic thinking. Um, you, you, you're living a lot of life, a lot of people are living their life, as I did, in the kind of skills action. I've got to do this to achieve this, you know, so another degree, another degree, another degree, go perform, go perform, go perform. But what we have to add, which is relevant to this topic, is the beliefs, skills, action. That's the piece that people leave out often because they trade it all in for the fitting in version where that, that, that will make them money. The belief, skills, action gives us the passion, connected, connects us to a need out there, and then can make us money. But we're not focused on making money at first. Like we're not... Buckminster Fuller said money comes to you at right angles. Buckminster Fuller was a you know, brilliant architect. Are you familiar with him? I have not heard of him, no. Please tell me more. Well, he's, he's dead. He, he died probably 30 or 40 years ago. But, but one of the things, he, he was very widely known in the, kind of like Frank Lloyd Wright, he was very widely known in the architecture world. And uh, he said that money comes to you at right angles. You uh, go after your passion and the money will, will come to you at right angles. He, he, he used an, uh, a story of the bee. The honeybee is going 
to collect uh, honey. But while he's doing that, he's pollinating flowers and plants that are then growing just as an accident or as secondary, let's say. And that's, what, that's the way an artist kind of lives their life. They follow their passion. You'll hear it all the time. And so, by the way, your parents, our parents never told us to go, you know, what our parents told us to do is go make money, go make money, go make money, can go make more money. They never, very few parents say, go be happy. Imagine that. Very interesting. I, I love, I love that analogy of uh, money coming at right angles that, that actually, that also brings more, that brings more of a, I guess a, a great metaphor that's very, uh, it makes sense to the idea of attracting. It almost seems like as you start to pursue and you start to give more, you're attracting other people, maybe a higher caliber of people. They're seeing what you do and they want to be a part of it, but they're not going to, they're not going to be attracted to you unless you're really doing something. They have to see that you're giving or you're doing so that they maybe want to participate or they want to help. I don't know. I think there, there seems to be something that's related to that as well. Absolutely. And I, in my programs, I talk about four different goal types and you've actually just walked right into a perfect way to introduce this stretch stretch is sort of the, you know, the default version we think of, you know, the, the past plus 5% more or the past plus 3% more. That's uh, the default. You know, we think of how can we stretch ourselves to get something that's just a little step away from our comfort zone, but usually not very far. The next, the next goal type is attract. Just what you just said. You have a beacon, you have an energy that others want a light that others want to walk into. You're attracting people towards you. Now there you can build even, you can have success with even bigger goals. Okay. Now, you know that my phrase is reliably achieve big goals faster. So that's the connection here, you know, track stretch, some, some, you know, some distance, some, some success uh, or some improvement over the past attract. Now you're like other people are kind of looking for you. You're kind of pulling people towards you. The third goal type, which helps you reach even bigger goals, even bigger influence is leverage. Leverage is when you are creating other leaders, other people now want to take part of your mission, right? You're doing this. You're doing this, man. Yeah. And then I'll, go ahead. I've been <laughs> noticing that. Yes, that's yes. Yeah. yeah. And the people that are coming towards you, you know, they've, uh, you know, they've got a light, you know, they've got a light. Right. And they're able to attract people with their message, with their words, with their energy, with uh, what they've created, with their artistry, with their mastery of their craft. OK, that's what attracts people. And then you can help you know, like, uh, develop others. You know, a leader develops leaders. And that's the leverage. You leverage other people. And the top one, number four, this is the highest one I talk about in my program. And it's the phrase of my brand is leap goals. Now, leap goals are different than uh, leap goals are based on purpose, meaning, and mission. They're things that you can't not do anymore. You've got to do them. Okay, leap goals happen. Uh, you know, when your when your heart is involved, when you're just you refuse to give up. You have uh, uh, you're unstoppable. You're alive, and that's where that you know wholehearted. That's where that significant success uh, and this one significant success and success here and wholehearted fulfillment come together and you jump, you jump out the top. See, you're jumping out the top here, right here. Leap 
You achieve the impossible. The book I'm writing has three different sections in it. Default, uh, personal and professional growth. Excuse me, let me start again. It's got the, the, the default, which is what's now. It's got what's possible, and that comes through personal and professional growth. And then it got the impossible, how to achieve the impossible. Those are leap goals, and you've done them. That's the interesting thing. We've all got tools. We're, I've got tools for all these. I'll tell you one. A tool, to, a tool for accomplishing and creating what's impossible is to recall something you accomplished that you had thought was impossible. You just have to think about it. I've saved people's lives. I've saved six people's lives. You know, boating accidents, near drownings, stuff like that. That's the accomplish the impossible version of me that can save people's lives. I've helped people, uh, you know, go from a one bedroom house to three years later being on a waterfront $600,000, $700,000 house. Like, I mean, literally like food stamps in a one room house to a waterfront six, $700,000 house. I've done that. Some of my clients, one of my clients in three years. That's the accomplished, the impossible version of you. Now, if someone looks at you and tells you you can't do it, that starts pulling the accomplished, the impossible version of you. But the default version of you isn't going to get there. Even the what's possible version is going to struggle to get to the crazy stuff, the crazy, amazing stuff. But, but to accomplish the impossible version of you can do it. That's super interesting. What, what you have me thinking here is this. So obviously people can connect with you, right? To be able to, to uh, you know, obviously talk more with you. You have resources that are there. Um, at the same time, if people are just taking a look, like you mentioned, you had, you had six different coaches. If you're trying to grow and just really bust out of the seams with actionable steps, they're going to move you forward. Who is it that you need to be looking to try to surround yourself with? Who's going to pull that out of you that you can't directly see? Who as a, not as a default, but who do people need to be looking to be, to, to be mentored with or to be connected with? How are, how are they going to get help getting that pulled out of them if they can't directly see it in there, but they, they want more? So leap goals, how to accomplish the impossible kind of goals? Yes. Yeah. Well, you want to, first of all, you're going to be, you're going to be uh, tearing down the default, like real, like create, you're going to look at your life as tearing down the default because the more you challenge yourself, the more the default turns up the volume and wants to scream at you, right? Because the brain has two things. It wants to conserve energy and, uh, and resources and take no risk, okay? So that's the inner voice and, and all that inner talk about it toward us to hold us back, hold us limited, be the smaller version of ourselves is some variation of those two laws, conserve energy and resources and uh, take no risk. So you're just going to have to recognize, you're going to have to learn to have a tool for, for overcoming a lot of that is to say no to the no. Saying no to the no is different than saying yes. You're going to have to have courage. You're going to have to surround. So now going, now going more towards your question, you know, surround yourself with courageous people. Surround yourself with people that don't define you as small and don't define themselves as small. Big people, right? You got to surround yourself with big people and you got to start thinking big yourself and thinking big of yourself. 
that this is a question I think would be really helpful. Yes. When you see somebody that's executing and, and is succeeding at a much higher level than you, that's the person you want to be around. But how do you build a relationship with them to where they will include you and try to help you? There's people that don't know how to do that. How do you do that? Uh, you're going to want to learn a little bit about them first and what they thrive on. And you need to speak in the language that they thrive on. That gives you a chance. See, we all have needs, wants, and, incre and crazy, incredible desires. So you've got to learn what those are. And there's usually five different ones, but you've got to learn, you've got to learn their language. And then you just got to take risks. Here's a risk I took. I'll tell you an example. Okay. This is a perfect example for this. There's a man I wanted to meet. Okay. He, he struck me as uh, crazy, creative, crazy, uh, successful. And, and uh, he had quite a range I and mean, he had an engineering degree and he was, involved in a company that did all this creative, you know, displays and interior designs and stuff like that. So, uh, I met him, I met him once. I didn't know I wanted to, to, to have lunch with him at, before I met him. But once I met him, I asked him, I said, man, what drives you? I just talked to him like that, man, what drives you? You got so much going on. So I wanted to learn his language. He told me adventure, right? Doing things that haven't been done. Those kind of things drive. Well, that night, based on the questions I asked him, he sent me a LinkedIn request. Okay. He's, he initiated it. Okay. So I, what I, what I did was I started a conversation through LinkedIn. This is perfect for LinkedIn mastery, isn't it? Yes. This is perfect. So I said, uh, I started a small conversation. I said, uh, you know, what's your big goal? Like big people think big. Okay. So you want to know what their big goal is. They think big, achieve big. Um, so he told me he had his goal. He sent me a picture of a, like an 80 foot sailboat. That was his big dream at the time. At the time. This was only like after two or three short messages to him. I looked at that boat and I said, wow, that's really cool. I said, you got a name for it? This is all by LinkedIn messaging. He told me the name he had for it. Now listen to what I did. I took the name he had for it. I took the picture of the boat, I took the, the name, I typed, in the, typed up the name, and in Photoshop, I put the name that he gave me onto the picture of the back, onto the back of the picture of that boat, you know, on the transom, the name, the boat's name. I put it on there in Photoshop. I sent it to him. We had lunch the next day. <laughs> I was speaking his language. Very creative guy, lots of projects, game-changing projects in software, game-changing product, products in uh, interior deck, uh, design uh, and, and building and, uh, and game-changing products in uh, trade show exhibitions, uh, you know, uh, what do you call them, environments, I guess. Yeah. That that's, help? It does, it does. And so that's one thing. So it, my impression is that you, you speak quite a, quite a lot. You don't probably have trouble in securing different opportunities in, in this case and creating different opportunities, but there's a lot of people that are trying to speak, are trying to provide coaching, but they may have more challenges in really creating enough opportunities really to make it just a more than just a thing they're trying to do, but just something that is just blowing off the doors with opportunities and yeah. attracting everything. But it, it seems like if I understand you right, I think you're within that space. So I think I'm, a, kind of, I'm still growing. I'm still building to that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but it, it would seem as if uh, there, I think you've already kind of gone over 
really with a purpose, meaning, and mission, and how to connect at this level of how you do that. Anything else you, you would you would share with them they might be missing? Well, yeah, let me say this. When you're going into speaking, author, consultant world, or either some combination or all those three, which is what I am, a speaker, author, consultant, um, you know, you're going to have some thin times. If you're talking about, just remember this, if you're talking about like technology, there's a whole, there's a big fat uh, middle class in technology. You can make money from this from the smallest jobs all the way up to the biggest jobs, you're making money. A lot of fields like that. Oil and gas has been like that in the past. It's got a big, fat, middle, you know, middle class. A lot of money in the middle layer. Speaking is skinny, 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 a little better, a little higher, a little higher, and then you can reach some sort of stardom. It's very few people that do. It is the achieve the impossible thing, right? But... You know, if you if you if you're passionate about it, if you have, if that's just where you have to be, you'll figure it out. You can't stop. You can't. At least I have not been able. Like I say, I have sat. I've, I've sat. It's just takes. It's taken a lot of conversations, a lot of commitment, a lot of dedication, a lot of writing, a lot of hours, noodling. You know, thinking, looking at things differently, uh, and so a lot of reading, a lot of conversations. But if you're passionate about it, it's not work. It's just what you were, you know, Mark Twain said, right? The two most important days of your life, the day you were born and the day you found, find out why. So that's kind of where you got to be with it. You're looking for your, why you're here. That's phenomenal. And then I guess you're, you're working to help other people find their why. Yeah. And that makes a major impact in that, that also, uh, what's the word? That then creates like a mushroom effect. You impact, you create more of a why, it grows, and I think that's where it's at. Very it grows and grows and grows. Can I, can I put one quick plug on my big project? Please do. Thank you, Errol, and I know you're wrapping up. So uh, about six months ago, I had one of my wealthiest clients ever, and he was not familiar with, uh, comfortable or familiar with speaking in front of a group of over, you know, hundreds of people, so I worked with him. And out of that connection and relationship and understanding his big dream and legacy that he wants to leave and how he thinks big, this man is a very big thinker. Um, I invited, I, I had a conversation with him to create a, a resort ranch retreat. He has his own ranch over a thousand acre ranch. And uh, we have, and, and my big project is to have this executive seminars and resort ranch retreat. We're going to have about 12 people there. It's exclusive, all inclusive two and a half days uh, in April. That's my big project. I'm pulling my impossible self out to achieve. And you know, you know, Steve Jobs said that um, if you have vision, it, it, it pulls you to, toward it. You know, some people say pushed by pain or pulled by vision. And Steve Jobs was a believer that you have a vision. It pulls you toward it. It, it starts fulfilling uh, along with you, co-creates with you. <laughs> so that's what, that's what I'm working on. Absolutely. I would actually, I don't know if you mind sharing who the speakers are that you have lined up for this event. Yeah. And definitely uh, the oil and gas uh, executive, retired oil and gas executive, his name is Billy Brown. He was the, uh, the, 
creator uh, founder and eventually sold, or creator builder and eventually sold uh, Blackhawk Specialty Tools. It's, his, it's at his ranch. And then he's going to be there the two and a half days. And also going to be there the two and a half days is Frank Shankwitz. He's the creator and a founder of Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah, I just think that's so phenomenal. I actually would love to talk more about that. I got, again, so impressed with, uh, when I heard about that with, uh, with Frank, it's Shankowitz, is that correct? Did I say that yeah. correctly? So with Make-A-Wish, when I saw what happened with this documentary about Bat Kid, and just with Bat how they, yeah, how they made this wish happen for this kid, and I think it, it relates to Cher here, just because of, the dream that this kid had to be Batman for the day. And then the story about how pretty much this huge thing happened in Los Angeles where all of these people got behind making the wish happen. And in the history of the wishes that make a wish foundation has was able to grant, it was unprecedented. It got worldwide press. <laughs> they had, they closed down the streets, the police departments closed down the streets and they got the mayor all of these things happen and it came from this one idea and these people pulled together, but then all of these other people pulled together and it became this massive thing. And so at any rate, I, when originally when you told me about, uh, about Frank being part of it, I had literally just seen that movie and it was, it was just really interesting. That found, thank you. And that foundation has granted wishes to over 300,000 terminally or severely ill children. That's phenomenal. Well, great. Well, so from here, I think we really went over a lot that will definitely impact at least one person times 1000, probably. No, but really, this was a, a real good time. And this was really great information, uh, Carl. Great so, questions. Yeah, great questions. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us two things. So we're going to, we'll share, you know, I want you to share obviously how people can connect with you with the best way, but sort of the next steps from here, what are the big things that Carl Loop is working on? The biggest thing I'm working on again is the, that ranch retreat and having, uh, you know, having people join business builders and legacy builders to see something amazing that's possible for them. Or if they're already doing something that's their kind of dream vision, lift it or grow it even bigger. That's the biggest thing I'm working on uh, outside of that. You know, I do coaching, I do uh, uh, consulting, uh, you know, it's amazing. I talked to a, a gentleman, he did not become my client, but I talked to a gentleman about three months ago and his, he was telling me about his big vision uh, of getting another job. And he, I texted him a couple days ago and uh, he, he was, he had told me about three months ago about this job he was looking into, it would double his very high executive salary and more and uh, that he was just so inspired about this position. And I looked on Facebook, it was actually the beginning of this week and he was getting on the corporate jet to be flown out to California. And I texted them that morning without seeing the Facebook picture he had posted out there uh, of him on the jet. <laughs> and uh, he texted me back and he said, um, yeah, just, he said, yeah, I just started my new job today. <laughs> so, you know, dream big, think big, achieve big, you know, that's one of, one of my speaking topics, keynote topics is creating a cult, creating a think big, achieve big culture. 
So that's the cultural one. And the sales and marketing one is guaranteed they'll ask, where do I sign? And the leadership one is legacy leadership. You know, it's the level beyond success. Legacy. That's phenomenal. Well, I'd like to learn about all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So where do I sign? No. But all right. So great. So at this point, so if somebody wants to connect with you, Carl. So what are the best ways for them to do that? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Carl Loop. L-O-O-P, like loop-de-loop. And uh, also my website is carlloop.com. So those will be two easy ways my phone number is available. Uh, you know, I, I get texts and messages you know, all the time. Last night at 10 o'clock, confirming a meeting today, which we had. And, um, you know, I, I'm here for people. I'm here to serve, and I have a passion for it. Awesome. Well, great. All right, Carl. Thank you so much. And yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing all this with us. Outstanding. And uh, I acknowledge you for your lead journey of leadership. I, I hear, I see what you're doing. I've uh, you know, spent time with you. You know, uh, great fortunes to your journey. Great. Thank you so much, Carl. You're welcome. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Mastery, where entrepreneurs go to network and learn how to attract their ideal clients via LinkedIn and broker powerful connections worldwide. Be sure to visit us at LinkedIn Mastery on Facebook. Be sure to replace the Y with three E's and join us at LinkedIn Mastery. Enjoy this sneak peek of the upcoming episode. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe so you get first notification of all upcoming episodes. And if you really like us and you want to help more people hear us, be sure to write a review, a five-star review, and let everybody know how Errol helps entrepreneurs. Um, then a client came to me and said, hey, I would really like to get booked on a TEDx stage do you think you could maybe do this project with me? And I said, well, no guarantees. I mean, TEDx, you know, famous people give TEDxes. <laughs> and, you know, and that was all I knew about it. I knew that like, you know, I listened to TED Talks online sometimes. Um, I said, no promises. And he said, okay, let's, let's try for a month. And within that month he got booked for two. <laughs>